Welcome, welcome, and we are back. Back to another week of Kent and the Steering Team. As always, you are joined by myself, Drew, my dear friends, Philip and Bianca. Unfortunately, Kent couldn't be here this week. He's actually testing out new light fittings for his home. Anyway, on with the show. How are we, team? Well, thank you. Enlightened. Enlightened. Oh, you're a bright spark, you are. Anyway, guys, we're in the same room again. It's kind of oh, nice. I know. We're back. It's wild. It's well, different. Well, we, we split up last week because of, like, scheduling conflicts. Yeah. Which, you know, felt... I mentioned who that was about. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but no, it was my fault that the episode was delayed, so I think I've paid back. Because okay. my recording was, it was special it, it last was, week. It was... <laughs> It started off incredibly echoey, like you were recording it. Sarah called it you were recording in a church hall. No, so when I open up a new vocal uh, track on my garage band, because I just use garage band when we record um, separately, mm. it automatically adds vocal hall to it, which is like you're sitting in an opera. Well, that's what Sarah was like, you're recording it in a hall. And then, then it's I. It's actually called vocal hall, which well, I, I appreciate Sarah's perfect. accuracy. And then, then we waited for the new file to come in, and then it was backwards. I don't know how that went. Uh, that was right. amazing. And then we got the uh, the normal one, and then I uploaded the episode promptly after. You so- just you just rewinded the backwards one. I wish I could have just done that. Side note: Do you guys remember back in the days of PS One and PS Two when you put an audio CD in, and there was a special menu for audio CDs, and it let you play the songs like it was in a concert hall. Or like no. a church. They were these overlay effects for the songs. I really vaguely Maybe remember not. this, but I remember it in the context of mucking around with Spice Girls CD. But I didn't know that was PlayStation, but I remember doing it on the TV. One thing that I so do... It could have been PlayStation, but I just... I have no... One thing that I do love that not everyone knows about this. You know, the PlayStation 2... I know we're way off topic because we're meant to be talking about... Um, Many other little, things. Little Chloe that um, was, was found just the other day and also... Cleo. Did I say Chloe? <laughs> Chloe. Oh, Jesus. Reverse the letters. Anyway, it's annoying. Sorry, Cleo. Yeah, sorry. PlayStation Two. Um, PlayStation Two. Uh, why did I say Chloe? Too? I like that you're waving at a PlayStation, PlayStation Five. As you say this. PlayStation Two. I am. Um, the things, the towers that you could see on the menu depended on how many games were saved on your um, memory card. Yes. The background thing. The towers that appear in the background menu of the PlayStation Two as you turn it on. Those tower things. Depends on how many games you have saved to your PS, um, PS2 you, memory card. Do you want to know a weird That's OCD so cool. Bianca thing? Mm. I would um, purposely put the memory card in after the menu. So that way it was. Because I didn't yeah. want to see the towers. No, I get it. <laughs> also because the, the towers thing. would be uneven and I'd, just, yeah. like, I'd freak out. So I was like, okay, I'll just wait. But also when you... Th- uh, the PlayStation 2 is probably the most memorable startup sound to me. It's like ingrained in my head. It's, but it was such a weird sound. It was just like... Like, what the hell noise is that? It's just a weird noise. This is also another weird tangent, but I miss memory cards. I do too. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I, I think memory cards are superior to the safe slot on PS4 and PS5. Yep. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Um, shall we get to Cleo coming home? You got it right. Yeah. <laughs> Cleo coming home. Yes, that was a good topic for it. So... <laughs> yes. Um, so we, we didn't report about this because it was kind of depressing. We didn't really know what to do about it. We didn't have and ongoing. Yeah. And ongoing. Yes. And that's the other thing. It was ongoing. So we, 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 but it, it has a good conclusion. So. We, we also didn't want it to be an entertainment, um, show talking about, 
an ongoing thing of a missing child. Other things and stuff were reported. We, we talk about this other is, things that are terrible, but it's always in a global context. This is a horrifying thing. For a family. Yeah, yeah. for a family. And we tend to be yeah. an entertainment and slightly politically edgy show on the occasion. Yeah. Yep. But this is horrifying. Yep. That's, mm. yep. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Cleo uh, Smith. Not Chloe Smith. Just oh, Cleary God. Smith. I'm just sorry. <laughs> uh, Cleary Smith, uh, two weeks ago on a, on Saturday, the 16th of October, between 1.30 a.m. and 6.30 a.m., uh, the four-year-old Cleary Smith was a... Say the times again. 1.30 a.m. and 6.30 Okay, thank you. Yep. Um, Does she my carry? So I didn't... I missed Oh, no, because I was... Uh, someone said a.m. in the morning today. Oh, my God, I hate a.m. in the morning. I know. What other a.m. is there? A.m. in, in the, the afternoon. afternoon. <laughs> Yes. Yes. AM in the afternoon. <laughs> Sorry, this I. It's a good ending to this story, so that's why we're not yes. as sad as about it as we should be. Four-year-old Cleo was abducted from her family's tent while on a camping trip at the Blowhole Shacks in WA. What a name! Yeah. She yep. was kidnapped from her tent, which she shared with her parents and six-month-old sister. It's how, one of those tents with a division. But how horrifying, nonetheless, to go missing in the night like that. Well, well, it's even more mm. horrifying. So her parents fed. Her six-month-year-old, her six-month-old sister, and then put her to sleep, and then they six-month-year-old. I know. I heard what I said. Go on. Uh, her six-month-old sister put her to sleep, and then woke up again at six thirty a.m., which is a five-hour gap. And in the between that time, she went missing, and that's horrifying. Yeah. Um, there was a giant search across. Uh, the parks and the in all these areas. Was it not a concern that there was it was a potential um, Azaria um, dingo ate my baby? Yeah. Well, there were memes, but there were there was concern about that. Yeah, absolutely, there were distasteful, mm. and there was concern about that. And judging by the way that that the Azaria Chamberlain case resulted for um, Lindy Chamberlain, yeah, true. That was a that was scary, and it was a very real. Um, threat. But the reason why they didn't that. think that it was, yeah. they considered it. The reason why they didn't think it was was because it was one of those tents with the the ground and the zipper. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and the zipper was all the way up, so there no and there was no holes or anything yeah. for the ch- like them to grab it. Mm-hmm. The fact that dingoes eating babies in this country is a legitimate concern is also horrifying. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. also, there was an actual baby there, so there was probably someone who was a bit more defenseless than the four year old. Yeah. True. So there were there were reasons why they didn't think it was, but I know it did come up in conversation. I was up in like debate of mm. what happened. Um, but she was abducted by a man. She was abducted by a man named, uh, oh my god, it's got he's got like a long name, Darren. Oh my god, go by Darren. Darren Terrence something, whose last name is not loading now. Terrence Daryl Kelly. Kelly, bloody hell, I got that wrong. Terrence Daryl Kelly. Right? Um, I was thinking of Terrence Trent Howard. Well, because, okay, so so because I followed very little of this because it was such a depressing story, I just didn't really get involved um, yep. with it all. And when they said they found her in, they broke in and found her in someone's home, that terrified me because there wasn't a lot of reporting about the fact that she was found at home. It was kind of at the time, the important news was she was found. She was found. That yeah. was a safe thing. Well, but I was just automatic. I jumped to, what the fuck was she doing locked in somebody else's home? Not just locked in somebody else's home, locked mm. in a room filled with dolls. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, Terrence Daryl Kelly yep. is a 36-year-old man from Carnarvon. 
Is it not far from where the, the town where they actually live? Yeah, so they, they expanded the search to the town, basically. Not the town where they live, I think. It was the town where they were tended to. Or had the- I, thought it was, I thought it wasn't far. I thought the case was that it wasn't... It ended up resulting and being not far where they lived, which is the strange part about it, the fact that it was... Mm. They, they lived somewhere. Well, they went camping that. somewhere else, and she was found not far from where they live. Which either means that, and the whole thought was... He was stalking her. Yeah. Was this a plan? Exactly. That's the thing that's like... Well, it might be because he... Like I said, she was found in a room full of dolls. Yeah. So clearly he was prepped and ready for a child to be there. Yeah. Um, He kidnapped her. He was then found on the street and arrested on the street later. Yeah. Um, They found him walking to a cafe or something or walking around looking for a cafe or something. Um, Men are just getting on with your life. <laughs> it's so weird to think about that. Like, it's got to be messed up to be. And it was all life. over the news. And I, I, I'd, I'd argue that because like we have different stations per state, like most places mm. do. Yeah. I'd argue that it was probably more on WA news than it was on here. Yeah, yeah. we well, probably just saw the updates and the reports, but they probably had. And when I say messed up, like he, he's probably got some some serious issues like going on mentally, and and so for him to, for you to have. I don't think it would be arrogance, but ignorance to go about your day as normal. Like, oh, well, like, and just go walking around looking for a cafe or something. You got to know you're, you're, you're up. Your, your time's up. Mm. Well, yeah. So he, they found the, the, they found her in a bedroom. And again, this bedroom, they've got photos of it on mm. here. Creepy. All the dolls are still in their like cases. Ooh. And they're just like stacked like shelves. I don't know. Reminds me of the, um, the dad of the kid in Ted, you know the one that wants Ted. Yep. 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 Like the Mo is a bit oh, creepy. Yeah. 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 Who who played that? Who played Giovanni Rabisi. Thank you. Yeah. That I forgot about him. He creeped me out. Yep. Um. He was bad, dude. <laughs> he has like, that effect. It was very creepy. That mm. whole thing. That's what this reminds me. I told you. I get. Yeah. Oh, oh no. no. Yeah. Oh, we've lost another one. Oh well. No, from birth. His parents were too. Oh, well, that's poor him. He was born into the psycho. Yep. Um, anyway, so she, yes, so she was found safe. She spent a couple of nights with her parents now. Now, there's no one releasing information on what happened to her. If, mm. you know, anything bad happened to her, no one said anything. Mm. Um, I don't know if it would get released because she is a minor mm. and it's publicly known who she is. And also it's the family's it's business. It's the family's business. Family's, it's yeah. no one else's business. Yeah. But I'm sure it's going to come out because court records are public record. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to her will come out eventually. So far, he's only been charged with abducting a child under 16. Uh, and he was arrested and went to jail and his cellmate beat him up. He was had to be hospitalised for a bit because he was thoroughly beaten. What? Um, imagine, imagine being... Imagine being below the justice system of a prison. That's how low you you sit. In in a sense yeah, of in, in a sense of exactly like, in the sense that criminals still go. Whoa, man! No, whoa, whoa! Like you you yeah. you really fucked up. Okay, now like Phil, I followed very little of this for much the same reasons. I just couldn't face looking at the information. Mm. But what I am curious about is, I, I think it's fantastic they found her. But how? how like what lead because to someone's house yeah Yeah. they they found her in this person's house but how do they go from having no idea like she disappeared out of a tent Hmm. to then did someone 
see her with him walking down a street? Like, what was... Because this would be quite fascinating detective work that went on Mm. here to solve the mystery. I'm curious as to how they followed the breadcrumbs or or what what those breadcrumbs were. Yeah, I also wonder what the breadcrumbs breadcrumbs were. Um, I'm not sure, except for the fact Mm. that he has a lot of Facebook posts that were very odd, and they all get a center around the dolls. Well, which is also very odd. But see, again, that's why I'm. I, I think that it was one of these situations where the police, who were obviously feeding the information they wanted relevant for the media, were feeding this idea of. In the end, we still have. Oh, we have no idea, but we're probably absolutely on the trail. Um, but didn't want to alert this guy to, to the knowledge that they're on to him or something. Yeah. Um, for the for the fear that he'd do something to remove traces of her. Mm. You know? So no, I think it was on, But but I don't know but honestly, I don't know. That's me absolutely guessing. But still I completely agree. Like, um interesting detective work would have happened in the background. I do think he's properly properly messed up. Because even his reaction in court where the, there were journalists around, he apparently just kind of nodded to the charges and he turned around to the journalists and were like, why are they here? Like, He doesn't understand the scope of no. what, what this story was and also what he's, his role is in this whole, this whole thing. No, yeah. and, and clearly, you know, whatever happened to her while being, he's got some fucked up shit mm-hmm. going on. The room of dolls and the fact that he posts mm-hmm. about the dolls so much on Facebook is enough. But... um. Yeah, like, clearly he's a bit messed in the head, which brings me to my question to you guys, because we were discussing this at my work today. Um, And there was one guy who was adamant that he should get the death penalty. Mm -hmm. And the rest of us were like, well, we agree in theory, but in practice, you know, should he really, like, is that enough of a crime? No. My answer is no. Look, I am... Yeah, I, I think I, I would admit that I'm outspoken in the fact that there is a need for the death penalty and I think Australia should have it. I, I don't mean it in the cases of someone that has a build-up of misdemeanors death penalty or something like that. I think there needs to be absolute... Beyond absolution... Serial killers. Yeah, that, that deserve that. But I do believe that this person... Because I also don't think that that someone with um, mental health um, or mental problems qualifies. Um, qualifies for the death penalty, but I do believe that they don't qualify or are fit for purpose, are fit for um, being allowed in the public. They 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 do not. They are not of um, acceptable level to be allowed in public. So I don't believe the death penalty is required here. But I absolutely believe that some rehabilitation um, and and serious assistance is needed for this person but i think that they've proven that they are a, a person of sane mind that would or or a person that would be fit for the community would not ever contemplate and do something like this so he has proven without doubt that he is not fit for life within society so he would be removed from society and would stay from society again it doesn't matter if someone then says or claims to be, or be is becomes rehabilitated. Someone in this position would never have to be, or someone that is of fit for purpose, or, or fit for ability to be in the public, or in community, would never do something like yeah. this. So therefore, he does not qualify 
ever to be in community again. So I think he's sound enough to know... Something's up. He's something's up, but he's not sound enough to know what that means. Yeah, he can't grasp the gravity of the situation. Mm. Yeah. Or how his actions have had an ongoing effect. But I, I do think that he should be imprisoned and all that. I don't think he qualifies for the death penalty. No, I agree. But I also yeah. don't... But he's not fit to be reintegrated into society anytime soon. No. Agreed. If but I... Quick, like, I don't believe that the death penalty is a great punishment because mm-hmm. not because not because I don't think that there's some crimes worth dying to worth, you know, dying and killing for. I just think that most of those crimes are better served of isolation because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when you're dead, you can't really be punished for what you did. You're just dead. I, mm. I look, I, 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 agree, I agree with that, that that it isn't you're not serving the punishment because again like for example taking somebody's somebody else's life um you are by getting the easy way out which is essentially being removed dying being killed yourself um you're right you've taken someone's life as opposed to your life now being not not just being taken from you but an enjoyable life being taken from you however I would argue that at the same time, this person doesn't have life anymore. Uh, so the, the person you've taken from life from isn't around. Neither should you. You should be on equal terms of the victim. Yeah, but see, it, it, to me, it's the same thing as I, I had to Google his name because I completely forgot about Brian Laundrie, mm-hmm. who I think you and I thought have spoken about before or I mentioned to you The last fact week. that he took his, his own life and that's not fair. Yeah, so Black Brian Laundry has been accused of killing Gabby, Gabby Pet, Pet, mm. Petito. Petito, mm. I think her last name is. Um, she is obviously dead. They found her remains. It all points to Brian Laundry, but they couldn't charge him because he went into the desert and killed himself. So it definitely looks like he killed him, killed the, her. Obviously. Okay, so this situation though is different. I think you should be your life should be taken at the hands of punishment not as you doing it on your own terms as a result of what you've done but i i I agree that i agree that him killing himself was the coward's way out but in this case i think spending i see i'm a big firm we don't put people in isolation because it's considered a human a form of torture Mm. but i think in this case it's more deserving than the death penalty and i think that it makes no sense to me that we're willing to kill people but we're not willing to torture them that way Mm. but if we just left him alone in isolation i think he would eventually kill himself we'd find a way but i think oddly they view um the death penalty as more humane yeah but but it's like a sick dog it's like a sick animal you put it down when it's not well and someone that commits a crime like this is not well But as horrifying as it sounds like i don't think they deserve the death i don't think that they deserve it easy does this make sense? I'm Look, not against I, yeah, the death penalty no, no, I, as a... I, I, get, I get it. I get it. But it, It's uh, probably more sadistic of me, but I think that, you know, if you do something as horrible as what he did, which is, I mean, Brian Laundrie's case, he, he seems of sound mind. He killed his yeah. girlfriend in a, clearly a fight. I, to- I totally agree. And I, then I, hid look, her remains. Look, I, I And think, then just returned home. Like, who the fuck does that? And, and that's why I think that... that because if someone's on the, on death row, they don't die with they they're, they're kept alive for about four years, five years, in some cases like twenty years even before they're killed. Like it's a mm. long time, um, 
and and it's a it's a tough topic because as I try to kind of you know over dinner debates, you know, I am very. Um, I think that above all else, sex crimes is probably second only to cold-blooded murder. I think in terms of of its thing, and I would I've said that people that commit sex crimes are of equal deserving of death penalty. Um, I think the topic that we're discussing was someone like Christian Porter, who outed himself as the man that um, did what he did. Yeah. Um, to. Hmm. Oh no, I've got I've lost her name in my head. Um Higgins? No, Brittany Higgins was the one that, that spoke yeah. out but wasn't the one that no, Brittany Higgins was the one who um was from the she was raped in Parliament House. Yeah. Grace Tame is the one who changed uh sexual abuse reform because at that point it mm. was only that there were rules that protected mm. the abuser from being outed mm. and stuff. And she's like, that's not fair because, mm. you know, it means that we can't confront them, blah, blah, blah. And then mm. Christian Porter's accuser had the diary and it's going to be annoying me. Keep going and I'll figure it out. Anyway, the point being that, that I put someone like, so as a result of the person who he did what he did to essentially, well, killing themselves mm. as a result of mental health, the argument came up, came down to the debate of whether or not what Christian Porter did caused the mental health issues which resulted in her killing herself, to which I argued, I don't think it matters whether or not they did cause those mental health issues or not. The fact that he did something and then that person who did that to eventually killed himself, he should be responsible for her death because... Yes, you're right. You can't ever prove whether or not what he did to her or not resulted in that mental health and eventually her killing herself. It doesn't matter. That's besides the point because she didn't have to go through what he did to her. And so as a result, whether or not she killed herself directly resulting from what he did is irrelevant. He changed the ball game. He changed the cards. He changed the fate. He changed that. By doing what he did, so therefore he is directly responsible. I no. I agree with that, and so he would be, in my mind, again. eligible for the death penalty because he is responsible for someone's death because of a sex crime. If that makes sense, yeah. Should we get back to, to... Kate Thornton was her name? Sorry, Thank I have you. to go there. But I agree with you just quickly. Mm. I do agree with you because there are cases in which, um. They have charged people for stuff like manslaughter even for doing something else. Mm. So uh, doing something else that eventually leads to a suicide Mm -hmm. because what you did had a direct effect on their Mm -hmm. suicide. Therefore, you killed them indirectly. Yeah, Um, It has been charged before. I agree with you, Christian Mm. Porter's to blame. Mm. The problem in this case is that she didn't actually actually submit a, a claim to the police. She, she well, pulled out over the phone. She did. She pulled out of that did, over the phone. So she left her. Because yeah. they, didn't, they didn't look into it in the time slot that they should have. Yeah, it became a, a civil case rather than a criminal case. And then when people did mm. try and pursue it, mm. they said that they pursued it, but they didn't. Mm. And there was a whole lot of things about that. Anyway, it's a look. Christian Porter case is a massive thing. But in this particular mm. case, because he was never convicted 
or even proven that it happened, they couldn't go back and charge him with it. But yeah. Yep. Sorry, that was my rant. Back to um, Cleo though. Yes. I love the fact that the the um, basically the police asked, do you know what your name is? And she said, my name's Cleo. And that was really sweet. And then they're like, yeah, we've got her. She's, she's found. I do like that that was the identity check that the police were But like. it was enough. They're but like, there enough. is a child here. Do you know what your name is, child? My name's Cleo. It's her. I love it. I love it. It's She's brilliant. the one. I nice. love it. Um, we've spoken a lot. We went way off topic and went to way, a way darker part than the light, light, brilliant, fantastic story um, that this was. Sorry, yeah. Cleo, for making this story. Welcome home, Cleo. It's Welcome fantastic home. that she was found. Um, the sweet thing that will end on apparently that the whole family's been sleeping in the same bed together for the last year. I love it. Brilliant. Yes. <laughs> brilliant. Let's go to our commercial and we'll come back with some Bond. It's tax time, so now is the best time to embezzle with me. Bev the embezzler. Need a decimal pushed? Don't worry, I've got the eraser. You just hand me the assets and I'll tuck them safely away into a bank on the Cayman Islands. Oh look, now I'm going mobile. Which reminds me, for an extra 2%, I will sign a clause to not rat you out to the police. If you need me, Bev the embezzler, find me at my mobile office. The embezzle van. And if you're in the cartel, I can wash your money too. Bye now. And we're back. Back for our penultimate Bond episode. Well, hold on. I think it should be. This is actually our final Bond Watch episode. Yeah. Next week is the new Bond. Mm-hmm. Next week is our Bond review. Okay, so it's our penultimate Bond watch then, but it's our final Bond rewatch. Yes. Because so- I do feel that even though next week we're doing a review, I think the following week we will do a, a little recap. I think there should be a recap. I yeah. think there should be a recap. And that's just because after that we're doing a week by week of um, Hunger Games. Yes. Well, well, just this is like tech talk on the podcast guys do you guys want to do a whole bond episode next week yeah it sounds good to me and we'll do a recap of everything like we did the 12 weeks yeah that sounds even better we did the first 12 episodes fuck six weeks ago yeah it's so weird it's been we've been doing this for 12 weeks it feels like it was not amazing it doesn't feel like it's been that long it feels like we just started this it i i still can't just three months yeah i know that oh my god no no phil you really have to think about this sarah wasn't here yeah i know i'm thinking about that i'm like oh my god we were all in lockdown yep god no didn't we start this just before lockdown no, we're in lockdown. Okay, so no. yeah, we talked about it before lockdown. Yeah, that's right. We organized it before lockdown. Yeah. A pipe dream, and here we are. And we organized all the weeks that we were going to record this on. I can't believe it's and, the last one. And it was complete ass that it lined up with next week. But no, no, no. <laughs> what was no, no, Yeah, so that? the reason why I think of this as the last week is because next week we were supposed to start Hunger Games. Yeah. Because yeah. we didn't know that Bond was going to come out next no. week. <laughs> yep. And, and then no. about three weeks ago... They got pushed. Drew calls us up. He goes, guys, what week do we finish Bond? <laughs> and we're like, whatever this week date is. The following and he's week. like, guess what? <laughs> it comes out the following week. <laughs> what the fuck are the chances of that? Honestly, it's worked so, out incredibly. So, of course. So, this is the only podcast that did it on time. Yeah. <laughs> global global hit right there. We yeah. just became We did friendly. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> we did the thing. I don't understand it. Because oh. we didn't know that three months ago. 
It seems perfect. Yeah. But anyway, uh, th- thank you, Universal, for moving the yeah. uh, timing of the release around that many Someone times. Someone there listens to the podcast and mm. is like, guys, I got an idea for the date. <laughs> <laughs> now, These kids will be so happy. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, we do have our tickets booked for George Street next week, which will be very exciting. Which I'm you driving know. too. You guys can go catch the train. No, I'm just driving. You guys can come in my car if you want. Pick yeah, me. we'll come meet you here and then we'll okay. go. Anyway, um, before we get to next week, let us finish off this week with what I've got to say are two of my absolute favorites. When but the sky let, falls. Sorry, I like that one. I think we should record you doing a rendition of it. Okay, one yeah. day. To the to the tune of the Cat Street theme song. Da, 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 da. When the sky falls. Tell us the synopsis, Drew. Okay, okay. Skyfall. James Bond's loyalty to M is tested when her past comes back to haunt her. When MI6 comes under attack, 007 must track down and destroy the threat, no matter how personal the cost. Okay, dun, so... Dun, dun, dun. I'm gonna I love the fact that I'm not saying that happened. That's what happened anymore. I am, yeah. though. I am, though. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love this movie. There's, there's no doubt about this. I'm yes. going to play Devil's Advocate right here, though, to start okay. off with. Um, okay. Devil's Advocate? I don't know. I'm going to gonna play the opposite um, here. Devil's Advocate. Devil's Advocate. <laughs> yeah, it is Devil's Advocate. <laughs> right, good. I know. I knew I was going to be that. I knew I was doing that. But okay, hear me okay. out here. These two are probably of... I mean, both films that we're going to talk about tonight are probably both... Uh, the two least... Um, you know, um, uh, spy movie-esque of all of them and the most just theatrical story of all of them. In that, yes, there's great elements of espionage to them Hmm. or Daniel Craig being the best actual realistic of sorts spy guy of all of them, all the Bonds. Still, though, it's the most Hmm. story-driven rather than pretending to be spy does that make sense? It does. And I think that that's its strength, not its weakness. I also think, mm-hmm. I agree with you, but I actually think you're going to be really surprised the reason why I think this. These are the most, these are the Bond films that lean most heavily into the tropes that we've seen and hated in all the other films. Yep. But they're done right. Yeah. Think about this. Mm. They this, subverted we, it. We, we've complained about these things in other weeks. Mm. The fact that there's a shady rich man that none of us really understand. It's not like it's a country that's mm. after him. It's just this one bloke. It's, yeah. We've complained about that before. Mm-hmm. We we all agree, collectively love Javier Bardem's character, who's yep. Silver. Silver is his name. Yep. We all love Silver. We think he's a great character. Correct yep. me if I'm wrong. Yep, correct. Uh, we also complain about mm. Bond being... Uh, arrogant and in the next one secretive Mm -hmm. in the next one he goes off on his own missions like he does literally given missions from M and doing it his own things yeah yeah Yeah, he's yeah and and M tells him what to do and I think M almost fires him in this one doesn't he or am I thinking of the one before we ju- I just watched this today. Spectre. At the very start, he suspends at, him. Yeah, at the very start. No, the, we're, we're on Skyfall still. Sorry, on no, Skyfall. I know what I'm saying. Yeah. Spectre, that's when it happens. Yeah, so yeah, like all of Skyfall. these things happen yeah. that we have seen happen before. Even the spy gadgets come back that start to leak it back into sci-fi. Yep. Which is another conversation we've had. Yep. But we forgive it mm. because, one, the story is good. It makes sense. 
and B, every two, eight, one and B. What two, are you, Buzz from like, Home Alone here? Yeah, no. <laughs> two, one, B, B three, <laughs> yes. Two, all of the stuff that he's, all, all of his, all of his dickhead charm yeah. and all of the shitty things mm. has been paid off because the first two films were such good spy films. Mm. And now we're seeing these two films are consequence of the first two films. And I think yeah. I think then again I was playing devil's advocate, but I'm now going along with that thought because I, I couldn't agree more. Um, is that we're also then seeing um, the arrogance that comes into the next two? So this one, Skyfall, and then Spectre as well. Is that the first two gave us the confidence in his ability? So these ones we're seeing his ability be put to the test in different ways. So absolutely, the first two are the more spy films, and these two are the more personal kind of. Even though the the first two were trickled with that, it was still majority spy films. These two are more story based about him as a person, his life, his history, his blah 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 blah, hmm. um, all that sort of and stuff. And also M, which I find really fascinating. In great this story, one. Uh, great story of M for for Skyfall. Great story with M, um, especially because M has been not. Not fully, but to an extent, an antagonist of Bond. Yeah. She back through the history of, of but, Bond. Yes. Yes, back through the history of Bond, but also yeah. she doesn't. This M doesn't put up with Bond's shit. At no. All. He's on. A, he's on a leash where she lets it go a little bit, and then she retracts it back again whenever she feels I, know, too far. I noticed a. I don't think I've ever fully picked this up, but this time watching, I noticed a brilliant piece of foreshadowing at the very beginning of the film. Um when M's in her office and Money Penny goes agent down and it cuts back to M as she said it and you're seeing M watching the rain fall mm. and it just I, I went, Oh my goodness. Sky fall. Well, yeah. well yes. But it, but it's more the the ringing of agent down and it's showing M. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's telling you from the beginning She's where this guy. is going. She's going to be oh, yeah, down. Just mm. There is a massive spoilers on this one. Well, of course there is. Though. This like movie's the, been out for fucking... Well, not just that, but I feel like the years. older ones... <laughs> eh, who cares if they're spoiled? But the newer ones, it's kind of like... These are a proper look, story. Yeah. Like yeah, look, a series. If you haven't seen Skyfall in the last nine years that it's been out... Yeah, surprise. Um, well, yeah, Phil, she's not Phil tried to confuse me because I hadn't seen Skyfall, but I'd seen <laughs> the next movie, Spectre. <laughs> In which they talk about M being dead. And I'm like, yeah, so she dies in this film. It feels like, no, who told you she dies? But that's because like, about two, like, two thirds of the way through, you're going, all right, she's going to die. And then she didn't die. <laughs> yeah, true. But that's not the point. It's not, anyway, I was like... Was the point that Phil I, was trying to misdirect you no, and you couldn't yeah, tell? Yeah, about like... Because yes. like I haven't seen the, the Spectre for so long. I was like, about almost at the end, I was like, am I wrong? Did she not die? What am I imagining? Why does the other M become M? Like, and then I'm wondering, I'm like, what have I gotten wrong here? No, because M stands for Mallory. That's his name. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> um, look, it, so Skyfall um, is also the 50th anniversary of Bond. Yeah. Um, and we see there's a lot of throwbacks in this one too. Lots of throwbacks, right down to the detail of M's office at the very, or Mallory's office at the very end, which becomes the temporary office of M because and the main is in fact an exact replica of Money Penny and M's office from Doctor No. Correct, um, and then we also had Money Penny return, um, the return of the character Money Penny, which in this one we finally got to see. Whereas previously it was only ever just they were already at their desk, 
Um, and to Bianca's point, no, you can't just submit a resume off the street and go, yeah, I'll be a secretary. Oh, what's the job for? What's your name? Oh, you're the head of MI6. Oh, understood. No, no, no. Impossible. You would definitely be someone within the organization. And we saw that. We had Money Penny for most of the film. We didn't know her name, and that was the whole kind of intrigue about it. Who Mm. is she? Um, Playing um, an active agent at the start. Um, Obviously, not a very good one because she took down Bond, but but nonetheless, she was an active active agent. Hold on. Not very good because she took down Bond. She's the first person to almost kill Bond. In this entire series. That's true of all the villains. Yeah. No, of no all villain the could villains, ever do it. No she actually took it. the shot. Everyone else just talks about taking if, the shot. If we talk about score as well, so this has probably one of the best um, Bond songs as well. Um, uh, the graphics for it as well is, is superb. Um, but then if I think of score again, if we're talking about this being a 50th anniversary, um, I feel like we had the original Bond score, not just a recreation for this film, but a... Uh, 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 the actual track from the original Bond it really felt like that with the sound when we first saw the DB5 on screen going back to analog going back to the you know the early Bond sort of car beautiful well yeah. I was gonna even say when we first see the car and we open it up and we hear the theme from an audio technician's point of view they recorded it mm. or maybe they just took a recording of the old one and amplified it correct because the, the the way that the technique in which they recorded it sounded exactly the same yeah as the old school could because back in the day they didn't when they didn't record on digital they mm. recorded on tape mm. it gave it a different effect through the mics because mm. you couldn't like program the mics mm-hmm. post recording i actually ha- have notes on all the music for you guys give us true go on. ahead so um just a few little interesting things with this the first being that we see m's house in the film the house that they used is actually the former home of legendary Bond composer John Barry, who composed most of the original film's scores. Nice. He didn't come up with the theme tune, that was Monty Norman, but he was the one that ran it through the first couple of decades of scores. Um, On top of that, Thomas Newman, who did write the score for Skyfall and for Spectre, drew heavily from Barry's work to mm-hmm. try and, you know, pay homage to him through the film. On top of that, this was the last of 23 Bond movies for trumpet player Derek Watkins, who had worked in the music department as a trumpeter on every Bond movie since he was 17 years old when he worked on Goodness Doctor me. No. That's crazy. He died four months after the release of Skyfall. They should have had a dedication to him in there somewhere. I feel like it. It would have already been on home media at that point. Oh, yeah, but true. Yeah, um, and just some interesting tidbits there with it. But very much the it was designed to reinvoke those feelings being 50th. And I, I feel like it was more subtle and less in your face like Die Another Day was. When they were well, trying to do the 40th anniversary. Well, we talked about mm. the fact that they had um, they had some like references to other Bond titles in there. And then you mentioned the fact that one of the boats in it was the fishing, Q's fishing boat from... That, that was something we noticed in Spectre. Was that in Spectre? Yeah. They oh, blend it- together, don't they? Especially when you watch them one after the other. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's been the thing with Daniel Craig. Like... It, it, Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace are very much like one story and then Skyfall and Spectre 
a one story, mm-hmm. which leaves me very curious for next week. But anyway, um, look, I, I see. I, I don't. I don't think Skyfall Inspector is much one story as Casino Royale and Thing were. I agree. Uh, they they, they are two separate ones, but they follow the same thread together. But I was. That's what I think. I, they, they're I, very similar in terms of thematics. I mm. feel like. Mm. I feel like. Where Quantum of Solace was a continuation of uh, Casino Royale, Royale, this was a consequence of Spectre. Does that make sense? Or Spectre's a consequence of Skyfall. Sorry, Spectre was a consequence of Skyfall. Yeah, I I totally get that. Um, I mean, look, I've I've got a couple of little notes Mm -hmm. here just before we get into the scores. Um, in 50 years of James Bond movies, this is only the second one in which Bond suffers a gunshot wound. He was also shot in Thunderball during the Junkanoo chase. The difference with this one is that it, it absolutely lingers throughout the entirety of the movie, a movie and in fact becomes one of it's the... It's a plot point. Exactly. Um, on top of that, Daniel Craig performed the stunt of leaping and sliding down the escalator rail himself. That was brilliant. I <laughs> that love was that. funny. I love that scene so much. Again, so I've watched that scene twice in two days. Thank you, Bianca. Um, <laughs> and I, it's it's great though. Like, how good is it? It's such a um, that whole sort of chase is a signature of of this film and a signature of the modern Bond films, where the chases aren't clean and slick. They're yeah. gr- gritty and dirty and messy and complicated and convoluted and yep. rough. Oh, I'm so excited for next week's episode because I have yeah. so many questions that I want to ask you guys. Yep. All right, I want to get into the scores for Skyfall. So, yep. Bianca, why don't you take us away? Um, I really enjoyed Skyfall. Firstly, hands down, my favorite opening and mm-hmm. song mm-hmm. Uh, out of all of them, especially the credits. Um, I genuinely enjoyed it. I think I watched the credits twice and I did that today and I knew yep. that it was going to waste more time, which I apologize for. But I watched it twice because I really it. enjoyed it. Yep. Um, then, ooh. I'm going to give it a nine because I genuinely enjoyed it. Um, I can't fault it, but I don't know why I don't want to give it a 10. No, fuck it. I'll give it a 10. 10 for enjoyment and plot because I really liked it. Yeah. I didn't see anything technically that I hated and Mm. I really enjoyed the audio shift back to the old Bond recording techniques that you could just hear that this is the old Bond. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So So technical. uh, Technical... Nine, I'll give it. Okay. Thank cool. you for writing down my scores because I never do. <laughs> That's okay. Mine's I, I'm I'm at nine and nine for this. You're at nine, nine and nine. nine. Um, look, it's the same scores that I gave Casino Royale, which is the highest I've given Bond films. Um, this mm. film is near enough perfection. Um, I think that to achieve a ten for personal, um, it doesn't have to do do much. I feel like we don't quite get enough time with the villain, but I understand the build-up to it. But at the same time, I just wish we had a little bit more time. Um, and also, I know that Bond villains do tend to only last one film, but Javier Bardem's character is supposed to be someone significant to Bond and, and um, someone we've seen earlier on. And I just don't feel like we had enough time to really fully understand the history there. Um and why there was such um, need to go after M as well. I, I wish we kind of got a little bit more of that earlier on or previously or something like that. But yeah, that's what I, that's all it would have taken to have a Ted. A little bit more time with the villain. Um, he was such a creepy kind of odd character. So he was brilliant. Loved that. Um, 
technically also love the throwback to all the creepy villains in this in these two because yeah. the creepy villains were a signature of Bond films, but yeah. they were never done well. They were always gaudy, but now they're done well. Done, Sorry, continue. This yeah. one, from a throwback point of view, does a much better job than Die Another Day did for the 40th anniversary. Mm. I think it's a much more tasteful kind of homage to that rather than being a bit kind of on the... On the nose. Sort of on the nose sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but technically, look, uh, the special effects got to me a little bit because it's... It, it is unlike the early 2000s ones where the special effects was thrown in there because they could I feel like they could have easily just used visual, like proper normal actual effects like for example helicopters and said they animated them and they didn't seem to fit very well but look otherwise it's a near perfect script and it was a near perfect casting and yeah brilliant absolutely loved it um, and great kind of setup for the future so which technical? ended up n- uh, not being 9 and 9 9 and 9 Drew? Um, this is the one and will very likely be the only time in here that this happens. I'm giving it the perfect 10 on both. I, I, I really, and part of, part of that is that I, I look back at Casino Royale, which I gave nine and nine to, and I genuinely believe this is a, a very strong cut above Casino Royale in many respects. Yeah. I think that they've tightened their scripts in in who the characters are they are familiar and comforted in their role i like that you had q and money penny back and all of a sudden it was like they had never left and it was like these guys had been playing the roles for a long time it checks off the globe trotting it checks off the spy elements even if it's not as espionage and spy like as maybe the previous two I still feel like it does it right, and I think Javier Bardem's villain is a villain for the ages. I, I think he's fantastic. Yeah, definitely um, up there for villains for me. I, I don't think there's been a better overall Bond film than this, especially not in the modern era, but even ranking against the previous ones, I, I can't fault it. Anyway, that brings us to Spectre. Spectre. Yep. A cryptic message from James Bond's past sends him on a trail to uncover the existence of a sinister organization named Spectre. Can I just say, I love that they got the rights to say Spectre again and they're like, you know what, we're going to put it in the title. Yeah, we'll (laughs) use it as often as we can. With a new threat dawning, Bond learns the terrible truth about the author of all his pain in his most recent missions. Yeah, I, that uh, yeah, pretty much sums it up. It does. It does. Look, there's a ho- there's there's actually not much that I have to say about this one other than it is a weaker film compared to. Um, it had a Herculean task. It it did. Um, I like the reintroduction of Blofeld, and I think that Christoph Waltz is the best choice that they possibly could have. I love the origin story of sorts of his injury that we see throughout. Um, you know, um, older Bonds, Connery, Connery, Connery era Bonds and stuff with the, the, the eye injury and not understanding where that came from. So I appreciate that. Again, it's almost like, Bianchi, you made this point several times with both Skyfall and Spectre, that theoretically you could go as an infinite loop and just start the Connery ones from here and it would kind of make sense and fit. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. You could. You could. Um, absolutely you could. And, and Spectre doesn't really do anything to... Um, muck around with that concept or that idea 
Um, Spectre also... Sorry, I said, yeah, after you watch Skyfall, you could do the loop. But then yeah. after this one, you could still do it. Exactly. Cause now Spectre, you've got low field as well. Yeah, and Spectre doesn't really muck around with that too much. Um, no. I, I'm not a massive fan of the retro spective changing of Mr. White and um, Mr. Um, what do we say? Silver. Mr. Silver. Um, uh, but I get it because I understand what that's what Quantum kind of was as well. It was the the Spectre without the name because I, they couldn't. I didn't find there was too much retrofitting in there. I it, it literally was that that mm. they they claimed Quantum because they couldn't use Spectre. But when I when I think about it and when I watch it through now, I feel like quantum is just one of the smaller organizations that worked under spectre see that's what i would have done if if i were them in this particular case Mm. yeah um i would have had silver's character in another role like have his own organization that we mentioned and then all that like infinity or something yeah and then Mm. have all of these like make a point of saying all of these are you know, what's the shadow corporations or whatever? Yeah. Or like smaller corporations of... Shell corps. Shell, shell corporations. That's mm. what I was looking for. Um, thank you for always understanding my brain. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, yeah. All shell corporations of Spectre. Like, I, it, it, I do agree with you that it's a bit random. Convenient. Yeah, convenient. But if they'd made more of a point of it... To mm. talk about shell corporations and following these shell mm. corporations to Spectre, I would have appreciated that. Uh, look, I th- I think when I when I when I when, what I mean by I I'm not a massive fan of this kind of convenience is that as a sp- again Blofeld says in this, who do you think's kind of been essentially fucking with your entire life this whole mm. time? Vespa, that was me, all that sort of stuff. No, it wasn't. Like, that's not possible. Yes, it was, because we know that Mr. White's organization was part of Spectre and stuff. But, like, I I kind of... I'm not a fan of the fact that all of the stories that we've been seeing of the last three make this for um, Craig Films, I don't really like the convenience of it all coming down to one guy fucking with him as a result kind of thing. Like, Silver, for example, was his own organization... There isn't a link to Blofeld and Spectre, but no, there now there is a link to that. So you know, so I I'm a big fan of Spectre as a film, hmm. but I'm also I'm not the 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 um, convenience isn't lost on me. I'm aware of the convenience of it. I oh, think yeah. that the thing that bothers me hmm. is the link to his childhood. I think that to well, they me, don't like that either. They, they've they've said in with no time to die coming out. I've read some stories and stuff saying that um, some writers or not writers, but but I think just conceptualists about Bond and everything have said there's definitely regret about the the potential of or the hint that Blofeld and Bond are basically brothers. They don't like that very much, and that's a concept that they're trying to undo of sorts with no time to die. I've heard. We'll find out next week. But that's a concept that that's a bit kind of too cliche. So if that concept hadn't been put mm. into this one at all, mm. right? Because so, I like thinking about how you can fix things. If that concept hadn't been there at all, yep. they'd gone with the shell corporations. Yep. 
And then they'd also made a point of, you know, the Casino Royale, how he gets yep. the money and they lose all that money. Yeah. If they'd had made a mention of, you know, that set our plans back. Because the other thing that bothered me in this movie is uh, even though there's the plan of getting rid of the 007 program, yeah. that's a direct hit on Bond. Mm. That's not because it fell into any of their grander schemes. Mm. And I think this is where it falling into the old tropes mm. has damaged it because mm. the old tropes, villains didn't need a reason. They just yep. did it to piss, piss Bond off. And this one, this villain is doing it to piss Bond off. Yeah, this Back is to a this vendetta. Old trope. Mm. This is a vendetta. If they had said, if they had turned it just slightly being like, this was his plan all along. It had yep. nothing to do with Bond. The, the sibling relationship was never there. Yep. But that money that... Oh, who was the guy from... Lashif. Yeah, Lashif had lost in uh, Casino Royale, mm. had set their plans back. And that's why he then started a vendetta against Bond. Yep. Then I would have appreciated all of that a bit more. Yep. Do you like... It, it's... There, it's so close, but it's just not yeah, quite there. You just need to tweak it a little mm. bit mm. to keep it to the spy game, mm. to have this overall purpose... And not have it so much Fabergé egg to mm. nuclear power plant. Yes. yes. To have it more nuclear power plant that they eventually put in the Fabergé egg. I also yeah. thought about the Fabergé egg a lot over the weekend. I wasn't, I'm not lying. I don't know why. I like, I, I kind egg. of was trying to fix it and being like, how could have they made no. that movie better? They could have, potentially. Don't someone They it. could have just <laughs> thrown in a scene where someone hid nuclear codes in a Fabergé egg and handed it off to... Rather than this, this having this fake, yeah. Rather right. than have Bond be like, oh, yeah. there's a Fabergé egg. Let's go see and let's go buy it and find yeah. out why. Something bizarre. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have Sorry. any um, fun facts for us, Drew? Uh, yep. So despite Skyfall being shot entirely on digital and rumours that the Bond films would be shot digitally from then on, both Spectre and the upcoming No Time to Die have actually been shot on 35mm film. Okay. Now, for someone like me, that's a really awesome thing as, as yeah. a bit of a film purist. Um, I just what is the better. difference? Is it? Okay. I'll, I'll agree with you. I, I will do a whole topic in a few weeks' time for you where I can lay out all the differences and all of that. You're going to have to visually show me because you can tell me these things and I'll just watch it and be like, eh. I will. I'll show okay. you. It, 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 there's reason and there's there's method behind the madness um this is also the first bond movie since die another day to feature the iconic gun barrel sequence at the start of the movie start start too yeah see here's the thing with that that my my also thing if i go back to my time loop theory it brings it full circle so now we are back at the mm. beginning so it makes sense why the gun loop, gun yep. barrels there to yep. me and they've talked about that about how the that was the concept that now it belonged at the beginning again. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Oh, this one I found quite interesting. The movie shares several of the same shooting locations as the living daylights, including Tangier, Morocco, London, England overall, and Austria. Which one was the living daylights? The first Timothy Dalton one. Did I, I enjoy that one? I feel like I did. Yeah. Oh, we did too long ago. Again, this is weeks back. Yeah. Now, now here's one for the car enthusiast here. James Bond's new car in this movie is an Aston Martin DB10. 
the CEO of Aston Martin tweeted that it is strictly created for James Bond and strictly limited to 10 cars only. It is the most exclusive car of the DB series ever. New styling direction has also been taken with a more angular look that has never been witnessed on an Aston Martin. It's true. It's true. Done very specifically for that film. Um, I, I genuinely just love the scene of the queue going down to try and give the car to 009. A champagne yep. glass. But then later model. when James Bond, Bond is trying to like cue up the music because he's on a chase and it's got 009's playlist in there and he's like, oh, oh no, yeah. Um, <laughs> our last fact, because this is the one that interests me the most because it's a great what if. Gary Oldman was approached for the role of Blofeld, but he was unwilling to commit to six months production worldwide. Thank you, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, I think that would have been very interesting to have a different, bo- uh, different um, villain, different Blofeld. But at the same time, Again, I, I, I just get think it. it would have been a completely different vibe. I'm just picturing him in the Fifth Element now because it's he kind of looks like Blofeld in that, and he's I the see. villain there. Oh, I'm trying to think what I picture him in. Uh, there is something I think just him receiving the the academy. Yeah, that's what I picture him as. Yeah. Um, I think he'd be a lot grier. I think this mm. version of Blowfield was a gentleman. And I, I noticed in the Swap way man, he wore yeah. his, his um, loafers with no socks. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. that's yeah. a very... And his chinos on, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a very stylish thing to do. Yeah. I, don't th- I don't think Gary Oldman could pull off that look. To your scores, Drew. Oh, I'm going to kick off. Yeah. Okay. Um... I rate it really highly because I just have this personal enjoyment of it and I think that there are a lot of technical things that catch my eye in this one. Um, certainly that massive explosion gets me. Um, but of course I can't... I just It doesn't hit that level of Skyfall. So um, this one goes 9 and 9 for me. I, I really enjoy it. I've re-watched this one quite a number of times since it came out. I even saw it twice in the cinema. I think I, I did too. I really liked it. Um, Philip? I actually... You know, I, I promise you, I didn't... I wasn't aware that I did this until after... When I scrolled back up. Yeah. Last week's two scores, 9 and 9 and 8 and 7.5... Yeah. Is what I gave <laughs> the same things tonight. So this gets an 8 and a 7.5. 8 personally, 7.5 technically. Yeah, look, okay. it's... A, look, I... Uh, <laughs> It is probably my least favorite of the four Craig films that we've got. Or but isn't it interesting how it still has such a high rating on it? Yeah, well, that but that's my point is that I couldn't rate it any lower than that because it's still such a brilliant story. Um, I think what what cost me points for this one was the relationship forming was very old school Bond, where it kind mm. of became I love you and all that out of absolutely fucking nowhere, to be honest. Um, As I said during the thing, everyone gives Disney shit for giving unrealistic relationships. This standards. is just absolutely Bond yeah, has a charts. completely different... Um, <laughs> I think that they... Again, I wasn't a fan of how, how, how they used Blofeld, but I love Christoph Waltz. He's my favourite villain of all time in any mm. film especially as Hans Lada in London in, um, in Glorious Bastards. Bastards. So yeah. um, he just will I'll be a fan of anything that he does, and that this is um, absolutely up there. Mm-hmm. Eight, still brilliant score, much higher than some of the old, other ones that I, I rated. So, um, yep, 
Technically, 7.5. It's not one of my favorite. In fact, it's one of my least favorite Bond songs. It's just a bit drab and boring. Um, uh, the Radiohead song is so yeah. much better. Um, this one has some interesting shots, like the one take at the start. So that's where it mm. gains points. But otherwise, uh, the story's it's all right. It's not. It's all right. It's fine. I'm giving it eight and eight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, because for similar reasons, I agree. The story was not as strong as any of the other Bond films. I'm also worried about the next film, which we will see for the first time next week. We have no idea what's happening in it. Um, although I guess from the trailer, which we'll get to later. Yes. But um, <laughs> the, yeah, like the I I I I think I think that Skyfall was a great place to stop the bond, stop Craig's bond. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that then I watched this one and I'm like, okay stop now and now i'm scared for the next one yep of i want to say stop now please don't know yep. if it finishes badly i don't know how it's going to reflect on what they've built here mm. um and again th- there was a great story there i think it needed a couple more tweaks to get it perfect and to get it to all line up but Otherwise, I, I again, I like you, I enjoyed it more than all the other Bond films. Um, but also a little shout out, Dave Bautista. Oh my God. What yeah, a, oh, and his metal nails. I want them. What a great <laughs> character. I, I want more of him. Can you imagine I show up next week with like... Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely yeah. credit to him. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that doesn't surprise you. That makes it me doesn't, happy. Doesn't, it wouldn't. But yeah, that is our rewatches of yes, Bond. that's it. Up to date and we're ready for next week. And this is where the series was supposed to end. Yeah. But it's not because it we on. have a trailer to talk about, which we will talk about when we come back. And now, of course, it's time for What the Quote. And of course, last week's quote was... And the stars look very different today. And that was David Bowie. Yes, indeed it was. Now, Bianca, what is this week's quote? These violent delights have violent ends. Yes, of course. Now, if you know what that quote is from, make sure you reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, anything else. Anything at all, actually. Twitter? Did we say Twitter? I said Twitter. Anyway. Tweet, tweet. Well, I said it. Tweet, tweet. (laughs) Let's go back to the show, shall we? On with the show. Right, so as the cinemas are starting to reopen, we're finding a massive influx of movie trailers. Boo. Um, for those of us who avoid them, it's not easy. Genuinely. Went to the movies last night. Not no. fun. Yeah, look. <laughs> but I mean look, the the real the the real problem isn't necessarily the trailers. Um it's it's more often than not. It's that they spoil the movie. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, like that's what we're debating here. Should trailers still exist? Or should there be a better way to market a film? Or even a game? Is there some sort of happy medium here that can be achieved? Like, somewhere between showing us something without giving away the show. I'm glad you said game. Because one of my favourite things is watching game trailers. Because... Game trailers just show you the mechanics of the game and some cool things. And basically, these are the characters we're going to use. Yeah. And then they don't tell you anything about the plot. The one game trailer that I will 
actually shit on though is the new game trailer for Gotham Knights, which is yeah. the Batman video game that's coming out. It's mm. not got doesn't ha- well, we were told it doesn't have Batman in it. Batman's in it, and I know that because he's in the trailer. Because oh, they fucked joy. it up. And they've basic the original trailer for Gotham Knights only showed that Batman has died and now Nightwing, Red Hood, uh, Batgirl and Robin are supposed to take care of the city. Yep. That's all it showed. And then it showed a blink and you miss it, flash of an owl, which is to hint that there's going to be the Court of Owls story, which is great. But it just didn't tell you much. It just introduced yep. all the characters, yep. told you this is the beginning of the story. That was it. Yep. But then they came out with a new trailer, which mm. shows Batman as a talent. And I was like, well. If I, if I look at trailers then from my perspective, yes, game trailers I find for the most part are much better at hinting at only the mechanics and gameplay, as you said. Um, and very brief kind of introduction to our story, not necessarily the whole story. Trailers of old, you'd always know that a comedy movie was going to be terrible when it showed all the funny bits in the trailer. You always knew that a horror yep. movie was going to be terrible when it showed all the jump scares in the trailer. Or if they showed the villain. Yeah, whereas... And, and then normal, regular movies um, would always give you a sense of the tone, um, a setting... And that's kind of it. And then allude to things. Whereas now trailers are basically, we've got, you know, two minutes to show you absolutely every, a minute even to show you I the saw plot. a trailer for four minutes once. I was like, what have you told me for? That's yeah, a movie. You know how there's, you know how there's, you know how there's teasers? That, sorry, you know how there's trailers now for teasers? And then yep. that leads to. Sorry, there's teasers for trailers. Yeah. And then. No, no, there's trailers for the there's, teasers. There's, trailers. there's teasers for the teaser trailer. Yeah. Like seven second teaser of the teaser trailer. That Before you get to the trailer. For a teaser trailer is meant to be a minute and a half and then a trailer is two and a half minutes. Why are they two and a half minutes? They should never be two and a half minutes. That's a song. If yeah. you, can, mm. you can tell an entire story in a song. If you can tell an entire story in a song, mm. yep. you should not be able to have a trailer. Yep. I, <sighs> I, I am against trailers because... When I go and watch a movie, I just want to enjoy the movie. I don't want to be sitting there being like, "What's coming? I know it's coming next. I know what's coming next. When I get anxious about how a book is going to end, I will read the last chapter of the book first. <laughs> but that's just because I think that, you know, my favorite character is going to die. Yeah. But I don't want to get anxious watching a movie. The point mm. of a movie that's only going to be an hour and a half or two hours max. Mm. So I should get over my anxiety through it. I don't want to know what happens at the end. No, I look, I, I, I get that. But I... I must say, I, I appreciate what Marvel has done in recent years to combat this, you know, trailer issue. They've purposefully shot scenes that have had nothing to do with the film mm. as a means of being able to promote the film without giving anything away. Giving anything away. In particular, both Infinity War and Endgame successfully did this. Well, there, also, there were tons of moments in there that wound up having nothing to do with I the can, film. I can also remember um, the live-action 101 Dalmatians as a kid did the same thing. I remember Harry yep. Potter and the Philosopher's Stone trailer did the same thing. Um, I, I remember I, the Harry Potter trailer was purely like... like It was just a whole thing of um, set the owls the with the letters. Yeah, and, and then also the trailer... There's um, one trailer showed... Um, Ollivanders and then Hagrid walking with the Christmas tree, but you never really understood yeah. the context of any. Again, yeah. they were showing off things, but not really showing off story. Which I suppose is like relevance. the equivalent of a gameplay trailer. See, yeah. I've seen game trailers where the whole story is given away for the game because they've just shown cut shots or cut, cut scenes 
that are telling the whole story if i wanted to see a game trailer i'd like mm. to see one that shows me the gameplay which is what you were saying before that's a very good point to game trailers but if you're trying to do a film trailer wouldn't it be more prudent to just show a couple of shots that give you a little bit of idea rather than showing you exposition heavy sequences that if that are I know characters, spell out the whole if I film. know characters' names and relationships by the end of the trailer, yeah. it's too much for me sometimes. Uh, yep. Look, I don't mind if something sets up a premise. Like, for example, if yep. it if it if we're about to have a revenge based action movie, for example, yep. I don't mind if we hear something like the voiceover of the villain. I don't need to know anything more than because you're going to see the credits and you're going to or the, like the who's in the movie. You're going to know mm. who's in the movie yeah. anyway. I don't mind if we hear a voice being like. I'll get you one last time. I'm coming after you, kind of thing. Well, I mean, look and at then the... we see some like action shots and something. I'll be like, yeah, fuck yeah, that looks incredible. <laughs> see, that... I don't need to know why you're coming after them because you're friends from high school and now you're yeah. wronged you once and that's why they like. I don't need to know that shit. Leave it for the movie. Save it. Don't give me the reason why. Just give me the 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 premise is it's a revenge movie. Someone's coming after you. Brilliant. And I can see there's some shooting and I can see that and that and that. Yep. So the reason why I bring up the James Bond trailer is because mm-hmm. I saw Eternals last night mm-hmm. and the James Bond trailer was before it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, we, you talked about Marvel, but I want to say the Spider-Man Marvel trailer hated it. Yep. Gave out too much. You yep. know exactly what's going to happen in the movie. Yep. Didn't want to know all of that. Don't tell yep. me so I haven't um, watched it. No, don't watch it. Don't watch it. you know it. what happens. Um, then, but then the James Bond trailer that I saw last night, which is not the James Bond trailer I showed you guys before we recorded this, was literally just James. It just showed James mm. um, coming back, talking to Blowfield, mm. and it said, uh, and now your enemies have become my enemies. Yep. And Bond then goes, well, it eventually happens eventually. Showed a bunch of action sh- shots with the new 007. Yep. And then it said Bond out next week. It was really quick. It went for less than a minute. But st- see, it sets up so a I premise, but and, it doesn't give you details. And especially with movies like massive franchises like mm. Spider-Man and Bond, we already know the characters. We know why we're coming into yeah. this. So you have to be even more things. So the next thing that we're going to talk about is Uncharted. Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. And why I'm not watching it. Yeah, well, I mean, look, they, Phil Phil watched it to yep. for the sake of being able to feedback enough information for you to to be like, yes, you do need to be keeping this on your radar, and also just for his own peace of mind. But I I feel like I could confidently say that you've forgotten a lot of what you've seen in there already. You just let it sort of wash Look, through once the and good, that was it. The good thing about the Uncharted trailer is I don't know what the storyline's about. Again, they set up a premise, they showed me a bunch of action shots, left me feeling confident for it. Yep. They left it at that. I don't know what the story is. And good. I don't want to know what the story is. If I know what the story is, I can make a decision whether or not I hate it. I can't make that decision based on what I've seen because they didn't give it away. And that gives me confidence in it. Because thank fuck they didn't. Because again, the, in, in, in going through history, yeah. showing the entire story in a trailer sets it up to be a shit movie. But that's the other thing, because when they do show the entire movie in a trailer, mm. I always sit there and be like, well, what's left? And the rest of the stuff... They, Just fleshes out whatever he's seen in a trailer. Well, not, yeah, that. And also, the, they tend to show the best parts in the trailer. Like, the funniest parts and all that. Yeah. I remember watching... 
I think it was Pitch Perfect mm. and I'd watched the trailer for that and they said all the funniest jokes in the trailer. Yep. And so when I went, went to the movies and watched it, I remember leaving the movies being like, the only parts I laughed at were the parts I'd seen in the trailer. Did I really... Well, no, there was a couple more things. Dumb and but- Dumber 2 as well. Same thing. The funniest parts were in the trailer and it was like, well, what's the point of the rest of the movie? They could have just shown me that. Yeah. Oh, you showed me a highlights reel. Why did I bother watching the whole thing? And and I don't want to watch a highlights reel. I want to watch a movie. Correct. Yeah, yeah look... Um, Uncharted was a good one because it did exactly what it needed to. It was a trailer to get you excited to go and see this movie, not be like I've seen this movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 But yeah, look, the uh, the, the the other thing or the other issue is that trailers do always kind of um, they they lies that are in trailers. Um, that then kind of give away plot or plot points or that sort of thing um, and lead to inevitable spoilers and all that sort of shit. Um, the easiest thing to do is just not watch them. Again, I made a conscious decision to watch the Uncharted one to make a decision based mm. on that. But I'd otherwise try and just avoid them altogether because I don't like what I see. That's why I either watch... Mm. I, I go onto Twitter and look for media rather mm. than videos. Mm-hmm. Because I'll just go look through pictures. I don't mind seeing pictures mm. as long as they don't, you know. Spoiler: two characters together that shouldn't be together. Yeah, best. yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. For the, but for the most part, those pictures don't get released mm. often. Mm. Um, so I watch. I look at a lot of pictures mm. for movies. I don't. Again, I don't watch trailers. Mm. I just try and avoid them as much as I can. I find it tricky sometimes. Like yesterday, I had, um, I had YouTube up looking at something completely different but then at the top of the recommended list because i i think i'd been um i'd been listening to the radiohead specter song so it was giving me james bond videos and at the top it had um no time to die ending and had what looked very clearly like a cammed um a, a cammed video of no time to die and a picture of daniel craig and i quickly turned the tv off i don't want to know yeah i don't want to know i got it this close with that many delays and i don't know what's going to happen yeah i've got a general idea from the trailers but i don't i don't want to know the ending and people are out there ruining it and back to spider-man everyone's demanding another trailer for it i don't want another bit of footage why are you demanding another trailer it also got not leaked marvel announced that there was a character in it because she's in the trailer well, yeah. they announced who she was mm. and announced exactly why she's in it and like what her character Stop represents. Stop giving shit away, guys. Like, why, do they, I, why, is they, why are they doing that? But I'm like, why would you announce mm. that? Because who her character is gives out a major plot point. But we're going to WWE Thankfully, territory. I don't know who you're referring no, to. No, neither do I. We're going and to... I, neither do I. Yeah, Just, that's fair. Yeah. We're, we're going to WWE territory of what what do you want you want me to walk out to the ring and sign a contract in the middle of the ring with a microphone in my hand yeah and then have my rival rock up what you want that like no that's ridiculous see Maybe again ridiculous. like even so when marvel did endgame they put out one hmm. trailer one and that was it and they said very clearly they're like this is all you're getting zero context and it gave nothing away no I wish they had done something like that with Spider-Man, and I just just vaguely. Did you notice that um, Black Panther isn't in the Marvel opening anymore? I noticed Shang Chi was. Shang Chi is, yeah, 
But I couldn't see Black Panther because I was looking for him and I was like... I didn't spot him. No, like now that that you've mentioned it, I didn't spot him. Shuri's there and the head of the... Well, didn't they not... Is he not... Well, he's not going to be in the next Black Panther movie, but he was in the last... He wasn't in Shang-Chi either, but he he hasn't been in the opening credits since the TV series. Might have to go back and take a look when Shang-Chi hits Disney next week. I gotta check uh, Black Widow as well because I'm pretty sure they took him out. Sorry, this mm. that was a diversion. Yeah. That's right. Look, but I think that's also a hint to the next movie in which he's no longer Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, look, trailers are what trailers are. Um, they are heading down a dangerous path of giving too much away, and I think we should just stick to the teasers and let trailers die off because they give too much away. I feel. Do you know what I also just mm. randomly what I don't mind mm. if you actually have a short. If, if rather than have a trailer, you have a short, like a prelude to the film. So mm. yeah. you know how Marvel have post-credit scenes and a lot of yeah. those post-credit scenes are hinting at what's happening next? Well, that's like Alien Alien um, Covenant did that where they had you had to have watched the thing online before you watched the movie, which I hadn't watched because I hadn't known that I had to watch that and therefore I didn't know what the fuck they were referring to. A lot of the time, um, they had a, a yeah. Like it was a like short. an in between for Prometheus yeah. and Alien. Covenant. It doesn't need to be anything that extensive. It, I just think that if opinion. I think if Universal have a film out, they should then before that a bit like with um, Fast Nine or whatever. Yeah, they had a clip of Jurassic World um, Dominion. Oh yeah, that, that special sort of preview. That's what I think they should yeah. do. Where there's there is yeah. some sort of short before. If you have a movie, coming that's out, you show clever. What they did with that, they do something else again. That's the only yeah. reason I would have gone and seen that, and I still couldn't bring myself to do that. Um, anyway. Let's go to our sick end of the week. And of course, that sound means, yes, we are going to our sick end of the week. Trailers are an interesting thing, and it's something that we'll continue to discuss, um, I think, in the future, because it's just... Well, I mention it every time we go, like, we've watched this trailer, and I have not watched this trailer. (laughs) Um, Our sick end of the week. Who is our sick end of the week? Cleo. Yeah. Absolutely, without a doubt. Not Um, Chloe? No, she lost Mm. this week. Sorry. Okay. Funny. Uh... (laughs) Cleo, you are absolutely our sick end of the week for obvious reasons. Welcome home. Um, anyway, team, thank you very much. That brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. And uh, audience, thank you. Till next week. Yeah.